The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your podcast. We are pleased to be part of the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel. Of course, we come to you twice a week during the regular season. My name is John Boccasino along with Jamie D'Amico here on Believe. And Jamie, before we dive in, I really... I can't put this any in any more clear terms of what I'm going to say right here. I never thought when Buffalo got off to their hot start, that I would be saying this Week 11 matchup is a must-win game. But that's exactly what it is. Buffalo travels to South Beach on Sunday, and in no uncertain terms, the Bills need to win. Otherwise, I don't see a route to the playoffs. That's exactly correct. And you expect teams to drop games that they shouldn't, and the Bills should not have lost to the Browns last weekend. But... They can't do it twice, and they, in particular, can't do it two weeks in a row. Yeah, if they don't win this game, season over. Especially with the fact that Buffalo, one thing the Bills have going for them is of their six wins so far, four are in the AFC. It's really would have been nice to get that fifth one uh, last week in Cleveland. The Bills did catch a break when the Steelers, before the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph uh, brouhaha happened. Uh, the Steelers did suffer a loss 21 to seven to Cleveland. Now the Browns are four and six. The Steelers are five and five. And more importantly, the Steelers are no longer the sixth seed in the playoff race. Uh, Buffalo is the five seed at six and three. The Oakland Raiders shocking are the sixth seed currently at five and four. And Pittsburgh is a half a game behind them with the Colts and the Titans also uh, lurking in the uh, in the playoff picture there. But for now, Buffalo needs to focus on what it can do to get its playoff destiny solidified. And it starts on Sunday, taking on a suddenly resurgent Miami Dolphins squad that apparently didn't get the memo. The players didn't get the memo from the front office that they were supposed to be a bad team. The Dolphins have won two straight games. One was against the Jets, which, I mean, they're still a pro football team in the loosest sense of the term. <laughs> and, you, you know, you, you win the game, you get, a, you get a nice little W in the column. But I was really impressed, even though they were facing Brian Hoyer, I was really impressed, Jamie, with the Colts 
game where Miami came out and they picked off Brian Hoyer, I think, three times despite not having their two top cornerbacks out on the field in Xavier Howard and Rashad Jones. This Dolphins secondary is banged up. Uh, to use one of my favorite Chappelle Show quotes of all time, the Dolphins defense is bombed out and depleted, but they're still able to come away with these interceptions out here. What do you think Buffalo is scheming when it comes to a pass offense to try to attack a depleted Dolphins secondary? I think their passing attack is going to be to not do it. <laughs> keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands and put it in Devin Singletary's. You would have thought that was going to be the plan against the Browns, and it should have been. But, uh, you know, Brian Dable decided to outsmart himself. I think this week they get it right. They keep the ball on the ground. Devin Singletary is uh, giving the Dolphins all they can handle. And if the Bills don't run the ball 20 to 25 times, it could get ugly because we saw the Dolphins defense, while not the most talented, they have the ability to take advantage of mistakes like they did against uh, against the Colts last week. So passing offense, I think that you're going to see them stretch it into the into the mid-range passes. I think that the Dolphins are going to come out with a lot of man coverage because if you pay attention to what worked against the Bills last week, there was a lot of cover zero, which means no safety over the top and man coverage with the line of scrimmage crowded with players. That managed to confuse Josh Allen and the Bills abandoned the run because of it, because they thought that, hey, too many guys in the box. Well, they're going to run it despite all the guys being in the box this week, and you're going to see some excellent one-on-one matchups on the outside. And also, Cole Beasley, I, I think that he's going to victimize whoever's trying to cover him, um, be it a linebacker, a safety, or a, a nickel corner. Well, Jamie, it, it does seem like common sense, but as we've seen with this Bills offense and under offensive coordinator Brian Dable, Common sense doesn't always reign supreme when it comes to their decision-making. I was stunned, and I'm still stunned, at how little Devin Singletary touched the ball last week in the loss to Cleveland. He has 20 carries, 140 all-purpose yards against Washington the week prior. He gets eight carries. He was still averaging nearly five yards a carry on those runs. So I'm really surprised that uh, Brian Dable didn't turn more to motor last week in Cleveland. I will say this, um, you know, everyone's made a big deal out of the uh, press conference with Sean McDermott, and it came out that he's told Josh Allen to play fearless, and there's some thought out there that, you know, Josh Allen, believe it or not, he gets a lot of shit for his turnovers, and while he still could be better at protecting the ball from fumbles, he's gone 128 straight passes without throwing an interception over his last four plus games, which is clearly a career high for him. It's you know it's a really impressive streak, but the drawback to that is Allen has not been taking as many chances. He's been going deep. He has not been connecting. We covered that during last week's recap pod, but I wonder if. This is a this is Sean McDermott's attempt at getting his young quarterback to just loosen up and get back to playing football and not overthinking things. Because while he has not turned the ball over with an interception over his last four and a half games, um, his completion percentages have dropped below 60%, meaning he's not making the continued progress that we saw at the beginning of the year. I wonder, Jamie, if this is the week that the Bills try 
knowing that the Dolphins don't have their two key safe uh, key corners in Xavier Howard and Rashad Jones, maybe this is the week that Buffalo really does try to get the passing game going. And they could use the running game to set it up because the run game for the Dolphins on defense is atrocious. Um, Miami's run defense is just their 30th in the league. They're giving up almost 150 yards a game on the ground. So the recipe could be there for the Bills to have their way either way they choose, either way they slice it up on Sunday. I'm glad that you brought that up about Josh Allen and you're you're 100% correct. And the way to get there is to have a balanced attack because if they're running the ball on first down and getting four to five yards as Singletary seems to do, that opens up a a plethora of options. And if the Dolphins don't know what's coming at them, that's going to make it much easier on Josh Allen. Like we said, he doesn't do well with the blitz, but you know, we're looking for Josh Allen to pull it all together because we saw the hero ball Josh Allen. Now we have the Tyrod Taylor version of Josh Allen. Somewhere in the middle is the right answer. And at some point, as they were saying on the Nick and Nolan show, at some point it's going to click. And I'm looking forward to that. But we got to get him out of his head right now. This seems like the right opponent to do it against. And I, I like that that Sean McDermott challenged him because He's got to get his confidence back, and this is probably the type of team to do it against because they have injuries in the secondary, and they're not really the the best team uh, in the NFL, to put it mildly. Well, and I think, Jamie, you brought this point up earlier with the cover zero looks coming their way, you know, with no safeties out there. They are da- they are daring Josh to read and react to what he's seeing in an instant. And that has not been Josh Allen's strong suit so far since coming out of Wyoming. Well, how do you counteract a cover zero defense that you're facing if you're Josh Allen? You go to your safety blanket. You go to Cole Beasley. You feed him the rock. You get him on those quick slants. You get him going early and often. Obviously, John Brown is the Bills' best wide receiver, and the fact that John Brown has continued to prove to be the best free agent signing the Bills have made uh, during the offseason. But if they can get Cole Beasley going early and often, get him three, four catches on the opening drive, that's going to do wonders to open things up because now the Dolphins are going to have to adjust and, and, and adapt their defense to make up for the fact that Josh is torching them over the middle. Then you could see some healthy deep ball action to John Brown. Maybe they finally connect with either Andre Roberts or Robert Foster or Duke Williams, who was a healthy or who was a scratch uh, last week against Cleveland. I think Buffalo has the weapons on this offense to really punish the Dolphins minus their top two corners. I think Cole Beasley is a matchup nightmare against the man coverage schemes. And I really look forward to seeing what Josh can do. I agree. I think challenging Josh Allen and just trying to get him to, as they say, play fearlessly is going to unleash something in him that we have not seen this year. And bold prediction, the Bills are going to complete a damn deep ball on Sunday with Josh Allen. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you went with the deep ball and not the 300 yards because oh, yeah. <laughs> that seems like that seems like an aberration this season and won't happen. Well, given the fact that he had a career high 266 yards last week in the loss to Cleveland, yeah, 300. And we've gone over this. 300 is an overrated stat. I want the team to win. I don't care about slinging the football for 300 yards. If Josh Allen is completing 65% of his passes and the Bills are are winning their games, he can throw for 190 for all I care. The Bills need to just get this win. 
Well, you know, you hit a couple of deep balls and suddenly your yardage jumps way up and you get close to that 300. But I mean, he threw it 40 times last week and still only had 260. I do not want Josh Allen throwing the ball 40 times. That's just not how this team is going to win. This team wins ugly, not flashy. They're they're not the Rams. They're not the uh, they're not the Chiefs. Well, speaking of winning ugly, Jamie, I think one thing that Bills fans should brace themselves for on Sunday, we talked about Devin Singletary and the ground game. I don't know if this is the week to turn to Devin Singletary 20 or 25 times on the ground. And here's why. The Dolphins give up 146 yards a game on the ground. And you would think, oh, John, why wouldn't they want to run Devin Singletary? They still can, but the vulnerability for this Dolphins defense is up the gut. It's up the middle. That's why I see Frank Gore having a larger responsibility on Sunday. The Dolphins are giving up almost five yards a carry on runs up the middle. That's 29th in the league, and that to me signifies that they're going to feed Frank Gore early and often and then turn to Singletary with those outside runs where he is so potent and so dangerous. And to me, I don't want to see Josh Allen slinging the ball 40 times over the yard on Sunday. I want to see a healthy running game, and I think Frank Gore is really going to return himself to prominence on this offense. That's excellent insight right there. I wasn't aware that they were so weak up the middle. and Yeah, that screams Frank Gore on the inside zone runs. Absolutely. And hopefully that's the way, Jamie, because again, this is a must-win game, and here we are in Believe talking about a must-win game in South Beach, but the Bills do need to win this game. We've talked about Josh Allen. We've talked about the ground game. We've covered the receivers. One more player I want to highlight, and I know he's someone that you and I both are a big fan of. Miami's vulnerability also comes against tight ends, and Dawson Knox could be in line for a pretty big performance on Sunday. He hauled in four catches for 55 yards against Cleveland. He could have an even bigger role uh, in week 11. And the Dolphins have given up big efforts to opposing tight ends who are not nearly the caliber of what Dawson Knox can be. So to me, I think that's another area where Josh Allen can look to exploit. And if his tight end gets going, that's only going to make Josh feel more comfortable moving forward. How many passes do you think he's going to drop this week? I'm hoping only one. I mean, zero would be perfect, <laughs> but <laughs> do you? how about you, Jamie? Do you think Dawson's kind of turned a corner with that drop-itis, or are you a little worried about that? No, I think he's going to keep dropping the ball. I think his head is still swimming a little bit. I, I think it's entirely mental. You see him turn his eyes up the field before he's got the ball in his hands, and I think... I, I think that's something that's going to get squared away, but not yet. I think we're going to see him drop at least one, and uh, it's going to make me scream at the television because I'm a person who yells at the television. You know, Sunday's game should be a, – it's a winnable game. I know Miami's on a two-game winning streak. They did beat a depleted Colts team, and they did beat the Jets, so there's a little bit of uh, reason for hopeful optimism for Buffalo that this is just and, – and, and the games that the Dolphins have won, they've been turnover – heavy they forced three interceptions on brian hoyer and against the jets they and and here's the thing too the dolphins are not the most potent of offenses either under fitzy if it wasn't for the short field that they created ryan fitzpatrick was not having a good game against the colts he you talk about josh allen's uh inefficiency passing the ball ryan fitzpatrick had 169 passing yards on 33 attempts that to me is is the the epitome of inefficiency when it comes to the passing game. So 
I don't know, Bills fans are worried and they're worried the sky is falling. And I get it. If they lose this game, you have every right to freak out because bye-bye playoffs. But I don't see it happening on Sunday. Ryan Fitzpatrick, to me, Jamie, the Bills have an opportunity to get after him. Now, it's going to be tough if Jerry Hughes, who the Bills have a healthy injury report, which is great other than Harrison Phillips being out for the year. But Jerry Hughes is questionable with a groin injury that popped up on the injury report late um, on Thursday. If he's not able to go Shaq Lawson and maybe Ed Oliver take over more of the responsibilities. But I think, Jamie, this is a game where the Bills defense release the hounds, go after the Dolphins. I think this is going to be a very positive effort for Buffalo's defense. How about you? You, you know, they, they don't blitz a lot. And with Jerry Hughes out, I can see a need for sending more blitzes. Now, I know that they're going to be concerned about Mike Gasicki, who's a, an excellent tight end. But the Bills are really very good at covering tight ends, which is a, a real change of pace for them because in the past, tight ends had always killed them. Um, but I think that, you know, getting getting players up to the line of scrimmage and again, getting the the secondary to turn around and look at Ryan Fitzpatrick when he's throwing the ball or tracking the ball when it's in the air is going to be important. We know this from, from watching Fitz over the years. He likes to throw the ball when the defensive back isn't looking, even if his player is covered, he has no conscience. Like, he, he all he needs is for the for the guy in coverage to be looking the wrong way and he'll let it go no matter how well covered his man is so keep your eyes on the quarterback and also keep an eye on Kalen Ballage uh he's not very good yeah Ballage or uh, however you want to say it is averaging a brutal 2.1 yards per carry 113 total yards this year on 55 carries the bills have been gashed pretty frequently in their run game i don't see that happening on Sunday, I see the Bills tightening up and really uh, clamping down on the run game, which means, yeah, Fitzy is going to be gunslinger Fitzy. He's going to be chucking the ball all over the place on Sunday. And we know Devontae Parker is his favorite target. I have all the faith in the world that Tredavious White is going to be able to handle the matchup with Parker. What I have very little confidence in suddenly is Levi Wallace and his ability to shut down Alan Hearns on the opposite side of the field. Could this be the week, Jamie, where we see more of Kevin Johnson supplanting Levi Wallace at that CB2 role? It depends on how the first half goes, but I think that that they're keeping an eye on Levi Wallace right now because he's not acquitting himself well. He started off the season very well, in fact, as one of the Bills' best players, and that is going downhill quickly. The tape is out on him. They know what it takes to beat him. He certainly has a hard time against bigger-bodied receivers, and that's what Alan Hearns is. So, yeah, I I think we may end up seeing Kevin Johnson in the second half. I hope you didn't uh, have anything to eat before recording the podcast because, Jamie, I'm going to tell you a stat that's going to make you want to throw up. Oh, here we go. Levi Wallace, this year, he is allowing 49 completions on 74 targets. 66.2% of passes thrown his way are being completed. 501 yards surrendered and three touchdowns. Oh, my God. Why would you ever throw a Trey White if that's the kind of efficiency Wallace is giving up? 
it's just it's it's mind boggling. And, and you're right. You know, he turned from such a good a feel good story being the undrafted rookie free agent out of Alabama last year who ended up being a top 10 ranked corner, according to pro football focus this year. Yeah, he had a good game against the Jets. He had a good game in the season opener against the Jets. But since then, it's basically been all downhill for Levi Wallace. Kevin Johnson could play a much larger role on Sunday. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another guy I'm hoping on the defense that we really see more of is Ed Oliver. For some reason, when the Bills started getting gashed on defense, Ed Oliver was the one who was the scapegoat along with Star Latoule, who uh, Ed Oliver was the one who really seemed to bear a lot of the brunt of the Bills' frustrations with the run game getting gashed against Philadelphia and with Adrian Peterson running wild in the first half. I'm not really quite sure why that's the case. I hope that Ed Oliver returns to prominence. I think that the opportunity is definitely there for him to have a monster game against a Dolphins offensive line that is patchwork at best and can be victimized for sure by a good stout defense out there. I don't know, Jamie, what do you think? Is this the week Ed Oliver is going to have another comeback? I like you. I, I don't understand why Ed Oliver seems to be the whipping boy for the lack of, of run production on defense. I've looked at the all 22 tapes every once in a while, and I've seen some film study and he seems to acquit himself pretty well. It may just be that Jordan Phillips is playing out of his mind right now. And neither of them are one technique or zero technique defensive tackle. So there's only room for one of them. I would like to see both of them on the field, to be quite honest. I, I know that's not, that's not how, McDermott really draws up the defense, but especially on passing downs, since they can both penetrate through the line quickly, I'd like to see that. And I I would like to see him on the field more. I would at least like to see Phillips and Oliver splitting evenly in the number of snaps that they're getting. I mean, this is probably not the right way of looking at things, but the more time you keep Jordan Phillips on the field, the more he's going to pad those stats and the more expensive he's going to be in free agency after this season. 
frankly, I'd like to keep him and I don't want it to take up too much of the salary cap because I think there's bigger fish to fry. Yeah, no, Jordan Phillips is going to cash himself a hefty paycheck. I think regardless, I mean, he's got what, six and a half sacks on the year so far. He's really, you know, the the fact that Buffalo signed him to a one-year deal, I get why it was a one-year. I would have loved for a two-year deal to get one more benefit out of uh, Phillips's lightning in a bottle approach this year. But I, I digress. I feel like it's going to be at Oliver, hopefully having a big performance. Whatever the Bills get out of Trent Murphy's kind of gravy. You know, he had that sack against Washington and then he kind of disappeared again against Cleveland last week. But the key, as we've talked about, the Dolphins do not run the ball very well with Ballage. Fitzy is probably their most potent runner around the goal line. He has two 11-yard touchdown runs this year, including one against Buffalo a couple weeks back at New Era Field. But I really... If the Bills can get a couple interceptions off of Fitzy, I don't think they're going to get beat on the ground game. Special teams, just be average, please. I mean, I want to see Hauschka redeem himself because I really do. I like the way Hauschka and his family, you know, they've. this doesn't matter what I'm going to say for the outcome of the game, but Hauschka seems like he's just a genuinely good guy who loves Buffalo, loves the community. Him and his wife are involved in all these fundraisers and all these charitable efforts, which is why it makes it so much more frustrating what happened last week in Cleveland with Hauschka having himself a day to forget, missing the 34-yarder before halftime and the 53-yarder when the tie was on the table for Buffalo. I don't know. Hopefully Hauschka bounces back because, again, there's nobody out there that is a better kicker that can replace Hauschka on the free agency. Um, I think that I would love to see Hauschka get his groove back on Sunday. Do you think, Jamie, what do you think it is with Hauschka? Well, you know, I uh, kickers go through ups and downs, and Hausch money was never really had this issue as a Buffalo Bill. He did a little bit in Seattle, and you saw that last week uh, on the attempt for the game-tying field goal. He just didn't hit it soundly. Kickers have ups and downs. I, I think he's going to be fine. It was just, it was a bad game. And I, I know he's been a little bit less consistent, but, you know, he's made uh, somewhere around 85% of his kicks uh, for his career. That's really good. So, you know, the fact that people are calling for his head, I think is a little stupid, to be honest with you. Um, fans are, are, are want to overreact. And that's exactly what I think has happened. Um, outside of that, you know, we've talked about all the head cases on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you got to get his head on straight. So here it is, Jamie. We are on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. We've talked about pretty much every aspect of this game, uh, where Buffalo has an advantage, where Buffalo might be. And there, and let's be honest, most of the positional matchups, the Bills have the advantage over the Dolphins. The Bills are a better team on paper. They're a better coach team. Special teams is questionable, but I still think the Bills have a better set of players on that uh, side of the ball than Miami does. When it comes down to it, this is a make or break game for Buffalo. When they're seven and three, they have five conference wins and they manage to get a little bit of separation from the pack heading into their hardest part of the season. Lose and the sky starts falling all across Western New York and with Bill's Mafia faster than a guy getting suplexed through a table at New Era Fields parking lots. <laughs> I knew you would like that one. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, hey, the, we're having some fun here, obviously. We're having some good prognostications, uh, getting ready for the the show, the game on, on Sunday. But, Jamie, that was my way of kind of 
leading into our predictions for the game. How what what do you think? Do you think Buffalo's going to come away with a win? I I think they're going to, but I want to hear you go first. Well, I I think that they're they're backed into a corner right now and they understand that. They they know the gravity of this and I think that they will straighten out a, a lot of the things that that plagued them against the Browns. Like I said earlier, teams always lose games that they shouldn't and the bills should not have lost to the Browns, but it's not as bad as people are making it out to be. The unfortunate side of it is the, the playoff race and trying to get in with a wild card. Cause obviously you can't beat the Pats right now, but um, I, the bills are going to pull it together this week. And I, I feel like I predict the bills to score somewhere in the mid twenties every week. And I'm going to do that again well, make it the high 20s. I, I think that they're going to come out and score about 27 points. Uh, and Miami, I see putting up, oh, since the Bills always give up a, a, a scoring first drive or two, um, I think they're going to put one in the end zone and then have a couple of field goals after that. So we're looking at a score of 27-13 Buffalo. Bills fans would take 27 points in a heartbeat since this offense is only scoring about 19 points a game. But I'm with you, Jamie. I think the Bills offense gets on track against a team that really, yes, they won two games in a row, but you know, they're not they're not they're not as good as their record indicates with a two and seven mark. Buffalo understands the severity and how much is online with this game on Sunday. I see the Bills coming out. I see them running the ball down the Dolphins' throats. I see Josh Allen finally connecting on a deep ball. I've been saying that for a couple of weeks. Please, please come through with one on Sunday. I see John Brown continuing his excellent run uh, here in Buffalo as, uh, as the best free agent signing the Bills have made. I see the defense really getting after Ryan Fitzpatrick. The run game's not going to do too much. I'm going to say Buffalo is going to win this game 29-10. to 10. Um, which I think Buffalo gets a special team score in there as well. They're bound after the Jerry Hughes overturned call last week in Cleveland. Buffalo is due for a defensive score. I feel like the Dolphins are the prime opponent to surrender one of those. So we'll say that Jordan Poyer has a pick six, which I know is unusual because of where he plays in the field, but that's where I'm going with this one, Jamie. I think the Bills are going to win 29 to 10 and uh, Buffalo gets that important win to get to seven and three. In the conference, of course, you can come back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast next week and hear all about how the game played out in South Beach. Hopefully, Buffalo does get that season-saving win uh, heading into the crucial stretch here of the final six games of the year. For my esteemed colleague, Jamie D'Amico, I am John Boccasino, reminding all of our fans to follow us on social media at Buff Rumblings. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. For Jamie, I'm John signing off on Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.